Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto. And today, I have a special co-host, Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, will be joining me as we interview Congressman Cloud of the 27th District of the state of Texas. But first, I want to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. The cover is Jason Modulin, who is the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers and is also a regular once a month on our show answering live questions from call-ins and talking about everything oil and gas. And I have to say that this is a great issue because there are plenty of insightful articles as well as the opportunity to learn more about Jason's group, the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. For more information or to check out the latest issue of Shell Magazine, be sure to go to shale, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Once again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And be sure to like In the Oil Patch Radio Show on our Facebook page to keep up with all the latest interviews that we are having every single week. And now it's time to welcome on my first guest, David Millich, who is the CEO of United Healthcare for Employer and Individuals in Texas. David, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. You know, you are the executive officer for United Healthcare. And it's here in Texas. The reason why I wanted to bring you on the show was it's open enrollment time. And I think there's a lot of confusion with, you know, as many people are considering who their candidate is right now, we are focusing on our president and who will be elected to office. There's also a lot of other things to consider as well. Life does go on. And right now it is open enrollment for your health care. There's about 13.23 million Texans. And millions of Americans across the country have an opportunity to select or switch their health care plans from last year. And I want to talk about that because I think there's a lot of confusion. It used to be you could change your plan anytime you wanted. It used to be that your employer would help guide you. But there's many, many Americans now that are self-employed. And so tell us what open enrollment means, first of all, if you would. Sure, sure. So open enrollment... um at a high level means the same thing to everyone. It's the opportunity for individuals to choose the health insurance plan program that, that best meets their needs and the needs of their families. Um, the, the timing can vary um, based on the, the program that you're a part of. So for example, if you're a Medicare eligible uh, beneficiary, you have a defined period October 15th um, through uh, through December 7th, where you have to, that's your opportunity to pick a new Medicare plan. Employers, um, be it that they're, you know, two employees all the way up to, you know, the very, very large multinational companies, generally set aside a couple of weeks in the fall to allow employees and their families to pick the benefit program and programs that'll, that they'll have in the upcoming calendar year. So in, in this case for, for 2021. Where do the self-employed that are carrying their own medical plans fall in? Obviously, they're not in the Medicare annual enrollment, and they're not employers in the sense of 
everybody remembers when they worked for a, a corporation that they would start talking to their employees about switching or what options are available, shopping around plans. Is it the same time window for all of the independent workers or smaller companies that are have maybe 10, 15 to 50 employees? Is this their time as well? For, for most of them, yes. It, it depends upon when their, their benefits um, renew. Um, most employers, probably 40 percent, um, large and small employers, renew their coverage um, on a calendar year basis. So for the vast majority of your listeners, yes, this is the time of year when they'll have the opportunity to pick the plan that works best for them um, in the upcoming year. What happens if they don't? Um, well, again, depends on their employer. Um, in some cases, they, um, they, have to do, they have to enroll or re-enroll or they don't have benefits. But in many cases, if they don't, they simply have the plan that um, they're covered under this year um, for, the, for the upcoming year. Can they switch? Like, let's say it's February and their rates or their plan doesn't seem to really fit their needs anymore. They have to wait until open enrollment again, right? So they do, they do. Um, yeah. So, so that's why it's very, very important that they, that individuals take the time right now to really sit back and look at the the programs that are being offered to them to make sure that they make the best possible decisions that they can. Um, based upon their individual family needs. So really the only time that someone can switch plans is if they have some major thing happen in their life, a divorce, a death, a marriage. So what are the, let's start with the the first tip you could give somebody that's listening on uh, what should they do first if they, well, first, I guess they probably should, like you said, take a moment uh, to look at the plan and see if it still fits their needs. Um and then start shopping. But how do they, uh, what should they be looking for? What are the tips that you would advise someone? Well, the fir- first thing I would, I would tell them to do is make sure that they understand the insurance lingo. Um, because That's you know, not always at, easy, David. <laughs> you're right. It's not. You're right. And so there are, there are places where um, individuals can go. So, for example, um, for United Healthcare, we have a, a portal, a website that you can go to. It's uhcopenenrollment.com. And it gives you basic information around things like what's a deductible, um, what is coinsurance, what is a copay, um, so that people have a good understanding of the, the, the definitions that drive the programs that they have. Um, I, would, I would tell people, again, take the time to really understand what you're being offered. Don't just assume that what you had last year or this year is going to meet your needs for next year. Well, um, and does it even apply with COVID now? There's so many things that have changed in less than a year. And, and one of them is, you know, this telehealth uh, visits that they're offering. So you necessarily yeah. don't have to go to a crowd. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Or should people Absolutely. be looking for that in their health care? Yeah, I, I will tell you, especially in the oil and gas industry, um, the, uh, virtual visits or telehealth is something that um, is very, very important. And frankly, we've seen a tremendous amount of even prior to COVID-19, a tremendous amount of increase in utilization because um, it allows people that may have an access to healthcare issue, they're in a remote area for their work Mm -hmm. or for their home, gives them the ability to have access to a physician or a medical healthcare provider, um, you know, via their smartphone, their their tablet, their their computer workstation. Um, And so it, it really breaks that barrier of access um, and um, we've seen a tremendous amount of 
again, of, of increased utilization of those types of services, um, even prior to COVID, but certainly once COVID hit, um, utilization even increased much more dramatically and has stayed relatively high. And that is true. A lot of uh, our men and women are remote at the rig sites or in rural areas, and it's just a little harder to get into town to, to get a doctor visit. And there's a lot of times waiting times to see a, a physician as well. What about also these wellness incentives? They should be looking out for that as well. Absolutely. I mean, there are there are many opportunities now within, in, in particular, employer-sponsored plans. Again, doesn't matter if you're small or large. Um, we at United and, and many carriers have built in incentives, um, financial incentives, to try to help individuals um, live a healthier life. Um, and those wellness programs can be everything from, for example, we have something called Motion, where we provide financial incentives to individuals to, to get up and move, to walk. I want um, that plan. <laughs> yeah, hey, we've got it. We've got it. And it really what it does is it combines a wearable device like a Fitbit um, with uh, uh, an incentive plan through your insurance program and gives you um, cash credits, um, for for example, to meet your deductible if you're out moving around. Because what we know is that's a great way to drive improved health. And that's really what we're about. We're about trying to improve the health of, of the individuals that we serve. And what about, lastly, if you have an upcoming event that you know, such as a birth of a child, or you know you have to schedule some kind of a surgery that's more elective, but that is something that they should also probably be looking in, in health care that maybe they need to switch, correct? Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that we've seen, you know, with COVID is people did delay things that um, were more elective, um, and, and so there are going to be services that are going to be happening next year that individuals are, are, are know about. And yeah, this is the time where you really want to sit back and say and think about what are all the needs um, that me and my family are going to have next year so that you pick the best possible plan. Because many people tend to look at the cost of the insurance in terms of what comes out of their paycheck. They don't necessarily sit back and say, okay, well, I'm going to be utilizing services so now the, the out-of-pocket expenses that, that, that I have on my plan, my deductible, my co-pays, will come into play. And sometimes the least expensive out of my paycheck may not be the best plan for me and my family on an all-in basis. So you really need to take the time this, this time of the year to really understand all that. Well, David, before we have to let you go, is there an 800 number or somewhere you can send our listeners if they have questions to contact your organization? Yeah, again, I, I would I would direct people to uhcopenenrollment.com. That's the best place to, um, to, uh, to to get in touch with us and really learn more about um, United Healthcare. Uh, I would also say to your business owners, um, contact your broker or your consultant, your insurance broker or consultant, and they can certainly um, get to us um, and all of the the products and services that we offer our customers. Um, again, be it they have two employees or two hundred thousand employees, we're 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 here to help. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on and helping us understand open enrollment and what that means. And uh, hopefully everybody takes advantage of it and shops their insurance rates around. David, once again, thank you for joining me on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you. Now, coming up next, I'll be joined by my co-host, Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, as we interview and catch up with Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. 
Oil Field Expert's specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bilotto, and today I have a very special co-host. It is not my usual sidekick, David Blackman. It is the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge. Sean, welcome to being the co-host today of In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Kim, it's great to be here, and it's great to see you again. I'm usually bringing you on the show, but we have a very special guest that you and I are getting ready to interview. And so I thought it would be very fitting if you would agree to come in and speak or be my co-host today when we interview Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. Well, it certainly uh, is my sincere privilege to co-host with you and having uh, such a distinguished guest as Congressman Cloud from Texas 27th District, which is my district and certainly the district that the Port of Corpus Christi resides in, uh, that's a real treat. So I thank you for allowing me to co-host with you today. Well, before we bring him on, I, I, I want to talk quickly about some of the happenings at the Port of Corpus Christi, because you have been there since, what, 2014, 15? How long have you been at the port? 2015. It's been a little over five years. Since that time, you guys have grown exponentially, if you will, uh, five-folds in the area of federal bans on exporting since the ban was lifted in 2015. And I want to just give our listeners a little bit about how fast the Port of Corpus Christi has grown. Crude exports have usually averaged 629 BPDs in 2016, all the way to now 1.6 million. So under 400,000 BPT to now 1.6 million. That was the average in July 2020. How fast and how much is that? Because when we talk about revenue tonnage, which is what you guys are number one in, I'm not really sure if we know what that means. So... How much has the port grown in the five years that you have been the president of the Port of Corpus Christi? Give us some some visuals on how quickly it's grown and how much. Well, certainly the port has grown tremendously over my tenure, and I have the good fortune of timing, uh, luck, and uh, most certainly a great staff that uh, and, and board that I serve at the pleasure of. And during that time, Kim, we've seen tremendous growth really because of policies that were put in place uh, to support the extraction technologies, uh, uh, oil and gas extraction technologies in the earlier part of the last decade. 
And then of course the bipartisan omnibus agreement that was reached under the Obama administration with the Republican party where uh, the Republicans got the repeal on the uh, crude export ban lifted in December of 2015 and the Democrats got the uh, renewable production tax credits extended uh, for an additional three years. Uh, that has really been what's driving the growth at the Port of Corpus Christi, coupled with all of the infrastructure investments that have been made by private industry, not only in the production fields out in the Permian and certainly the Eagleford shale uh, producing fields, but the pipelines that are then bringing that production to the coast and certainly bringing that to Corpus Christi. So we've seen a tremendous amount of growth, as you stated, uh, this year, even with the pandemic and the economic destruction that we have seen, we are still setting records. I think that speaks to the resiliency of the industry and certainly the optimization of those investments that we've seen by private industry, over $60 billion with a B in and around the Corpus Christi ship channel alone, coupled with the pipeline investments. That's really what's been driving our growth story. And I just have the good fortune of telling that story and really having a front row seat to what's been a great paradigm shift that has put this nation in a position of energy dominance. Mm -hmm. And that dominance mm -hmm. really uh, been promoted by our great Congressman from the Texas 27th, uh, Congressman Cloud, who I see has just joined us. Exactly. And you know, it, it, you've been there five short years and you have just transformed the port, Corpus Christi, as well as Corpus Christi, the city and surrounding counties. And when I look at the amount of tonnage, the revenue tonnage is you are, first of all, first in the U.S. in revenue tonnage and third in total waterway tonnage. It's it's impressive, Sean. And I, so I wanted to give you recognition. But there is also another uh, gentleman who has joined us, Congressman uh, Cloud of the 27th District, another one who was four years. You're probably going on four years, right, Congressman Cloud, in which you were elected and you have managed to do amazing things as well in a very, very short period of time. So I feel very honored to be interviewing both you and Sean Strawbridge because both of you men are, uh, you know, you, both of you guys have actually done magnificent things in the short window of time that you guys have been there. But we're also sitting in a time where I think we're seeing some really great things happening all around. There's Sean, who's done amazing things in five years, Congressman Cloud, four years, President Donald Trump in uh, three and maybe uh, three and a half years, a little over that as well, has managed to change a lot of things. We're going to go to break real quick. When we come back, Congressman Cloud, we have a lot of questions for you, but we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. Hi, this is Tracy Bentley, the President and CEO of the Permian Strategic Partnership. Improvements to road safety and infrastructure across the Permian Basin have been a priority for the Permian Strategic Partnership since our inception. 
Over the last several years, new pressures and increased traffic have resulted in crowded, damaged, and dangerous roadways. To fully realize the unprecedented opportunity for energy production and economic development in the Permian Basin, we must focus on building and sustaining a reliable transit infrastructure. The PSP and our Road Safety Committee are working to identify solutions for priority transportation routes and increased access to financial support for locally driven projects that enhance safety and accessibility for all residents and workers in the Permian Basin. The PSP recently committed $80,000 in grant writing support that helped secure $12.5 million in federal funding to increase capacity along 22 miles of US 285 spanning from the Texas line to Loving, New Mexico. Construction on this project is set to begin this summer. Its completion will mean safer travel for the oil and gas industry and regional commuters alike. For more information, go to permianpartnership.org, permianpartnership.org. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. My co-host today is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. And Sean, it is now time for us to welcome on Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. Congressman Cloud, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you. It's great to be with you again. You know, Congressman Cloud, you came on the scene very quickly. Many of the residents that you serve really didn't know who you were just maybe five years ago, you won the election. And since that time, you have managed to do some amazing things. So I want to back up and just kind of have our listeners understand, where is the 27th district? Who do you serve? And uh, and then we'll get into that famous plane ride on Air Force One, if you will. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, it's 27th district of Texas is a wonderful, wonderful piece of Texas. Uh, I, I love serving the district. There's oftentimes I'm, I'm just driving up and down the coast, having meetings and whatever. Uh, you're looking out on the water, seeing people in their boats and just dreaming about the one day you'll be able to get out there with them. <laughs> but uh, it's it's wonderful. Uh, the people are wonderful. Uh, we have a lot of agriculture. Uh, we have a lot of energy industry and chemicals. And um, and, and then the, just it, the economy is so diverse. But what's really important to point out is that we're a net export district. Uh, and so when we're talking about where we want to be as a nation, I really feel like our district's kind of a microcosm of where we want to be going as a nation. Uh, and, and certainly the ability of uh, people to work together in, in our district, uh, even across the aisle, when necessary to really care about uh, what needs to be done and, and to put those priorities first is really, I think, a, a testament uh, to the people of our district and I, hopefully an example to, to our nation. How far does your district cover? You cover Victoria, Corpus Christi. How far heading towards San Antonio do you cover? Do you- yeah, the district goes up the coast from Noises County, which includes Corpus Christi, all the way up to Matagorda County, which includes uh, Bay City. Um, and then you have Wharton uh, County, Jackson County, 
uh, keeps going uh, over to uh, half of Bastrop and half of Caldwell counties. That's a very large. Uh, that's a large district. Um, well, we get our miles in in, in the course of the year. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Let, let's talk a little bit about what is the pulse currently, the tone in D.C. right now as y'all are working through COVID nineteen. Yeah, I wish I had better news for you, but but D.C. right now is just uh, dysfunctional and, and even petty. Uh, when it comes to the leadership. Now, that's not to say that, you know, I'm able to have a number of conversations across the aisle with counterparts. Yeah, we've introduced legislation even recently with with me as the uh, the Republican House lead and the, another Dem House lead and a, a Republican and a Dem Senate lead on, on legislation. Uh, but what we see guiding the floor right now, uh, unfortunately, has to do a lot with manipulating the conversation in eye of an election as opposed to doing what's best for the American people. Uh, do you see any signs of the economy recovering due to COVID-19? I, I think it was yesterday I read some media reports in which now there's a lot of international organizations mm-hmm. wanting to open the country back up or the, the world open, uh, open it back up, yeah. and get it going again. And now it seems like everybody is in step that we need to open this back up. Out of yeah. curiosity, are you hearing that same thing in D.C.? Will we start seeing all of the wheels turning now, if you will, all over? <laughs> Maybe not in D.C. Uh, when it comes to to the city leadership there. Mm-hmm. Um, the city's still kind of on lockdown. I think once we get to, through the election, uh, we'll be able to have more genuine, honest conversations uh, about COVID and how to deal with it. And unfortunately, like I, I said, you know, the uh, posturing for election is guiding the conversation uh, all too often at the sake of the American people. And what the American people understand is, you know, in March, February, when we didn't know what we were dealing with, we talked about 14 days to stop the spread. Then, okay, we got through that and maybe needed another week or so to, to ensure. We talked about flattening the curve, and that was to make sure that we didn't ex- overextend our medical facility capacity. Uh, well, we by and large have done that. Uh, we know a whole lot more what we're dealing with now. Uh, I've talked to doctors who will say that the uh, the strength of the virus is diminishing. Plus, we have a bunch of uh, new ways we understand a lot more on how to treat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and of course, uh, a vaccine is in the works as well and being developed. Um, but it is extremely important that we continue to move forward on, on this. We cannot stop society. We can't stop families. We can't stop uh, an economy that funds good schools, that funds medical research, that funds all these important aspects of a healthy, thriving society. You know, and, and I, I get really concerned when I start to think about, you know, it would be tragic for us to lose uh, two generations of progress because mm-hmm. we make. Uh, overreaching decisions uh, in this season in dealing with COVID. We've also seen President Trump have now COVID-19 and then recover from it too. When we get back from break, I want to change gears just a little bit and talk about Air Force One. And then, of course, let's get into the conversation of why uh, we have Sean Strawbridge here as well to talk a lot about the Port of Corpus Christi and your impact. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. And I'm also being joined by my co-host today, Sean Strawbridge, 
CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Congressman Cloud, there was something that you became very famous for very quickly as soon as you got elected, and that was you were able to catch a plane ride, if you will, with President Trump on Air Force One. And in that plane ride, you were able to bend the president's ear, if you will, a little bit about the wonderful things that were happening at the Port of Corpus Christi. Tell us briefly about that airplane ride with President Trump and just kind of what were the things that were discussed, if you will, that really had an impact that completely, I think, in my mind, changed uh, the real trajectory, if you will, of the Port of Corpus Christi. Sure. Well, I, I remember, I think it was a Friday, and I got the call saying the president was going to be in Texas. On I'd that, love that I call, believe. too. Sure, I'm on yeah, that plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was going to be a Tuesday. And it was funny that it came it, it came as a question. It, you know, it was like, hey, could you ride back with the president on Tuesday, talk to him about what's going on in your region, you know? And it's like, well, let me think about it, check my schedule. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we'll figure out a way to make that happen, right? Uh, so, of course, had an opportunity to, to fly back with the president. And, uh, you know, let me just say anything that happens like this, it, it's a team effort. I, I've always said my first job uh, as a representative is to listen. And so I can't uh, represent and I can't communicate or convey a message uh, that that isn't supported by the boots on the ground who are doing the job day in and day out. And so uh, the port was extremely helpful and, and the industry very helpful in making sure that we were ready to go with our case. And, of course, totally fit in with what the president's vision was, this uh, this understanding that we needed to put uh, America first and that the strength of America was going to be what helped secure peace and stability in the world. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I had the opportunity to, to talk to the president. That was actually when I met him. I had just been in office for a few months. Uh, and so I uh, had the opportunity to talk, talk with him on the, the flight uh, talked about the potential, the the expense versus the potential in- income for our uh, economy. Talked about the, you know, the trade disparity and what we could do to uh, to cover that. And just really, I, I remember talking. To, I said basically, we're we're trying to make the case that you know uh, ports are important to trade. Uh, and mm-hmm. Ultimately, we're talking about priorities, uh, and and we need to be prioritizing the ports that are exporting American products versus uh, importing. I mean, both are important. But, you know, we need to make sure that that we have what we need. We're producing more energy than we can get out of the country. We need to expand our capacity to get uh, American energy out into the world. And and he bought it. You know, I mean, he's totally in line with where he was wanting to go anyway. So he just needed to know that the opportunity was available. Well, and I I certainly have proof of it. Here's a photo of with President Trump uh, speaking on that very topic. And so... You know, Congressman, uh, our country continues to recover from the pandemic, and certainly the energy industry, the oil and gas industry, will play a vital role in the return of our economy to normalcy and putting the hardworking women and men of Texas uh, who have lost their jobs uh, in the energy sector back to work. And the Port of Corpus Christi is in the enviable position of having a front row seat as the largest gateway for exporting uh, certainly Texas produced energy and American energy to our allies and trading partners around the world. And really this has been in working with you uh, to ensure that the necessary infrastructure is in place, most notably the Corpus Christi Ship Channel Improvement Project of which you've been extremely instrumental in helping to secure the needed funding for the Channel Improvement Project. But that Channel Improvement Project, as you know, still has an unfunded mandate of about $200 million of federal funds. 
What steps are you taking to ensure that this important project for the state of Texas and certainly for your district uh, will continue in the appropriation cycle until it is completely funded? Sure. You know, I remember we talked about that plane ride. Well, the next day the president was at an event and talked about how, uh, you know, he said that we need a. I was talking to the people in Texas and they're trying to get the big ships in. And, you know, he went through the whole story. They're trying to get the big ships in and they can't get the big ships in. And we need to expand the capability there so we can get the ships in and out. And, you know, uh, and he invited a staffer up on stage and said, hey, can we work to get that done? Well, uh, of course, we, we took that video and shopped it around to everybody we could talk to in the administration and said, hey, the, big, the boss wants this done. <laughs> let's, let's get this done. Uh, you know, so a, a lot of it has just been making sure since we got that first tranche of funding, making sure that the priority doesn't fall off the ra radar and that we need to see this through to completion, uh, continuing to bring attention to the billion dollars of private investment that's coming to the region. Uh, because, you know, this is a president who appreciates uh, the role the government can play, uh, but also really appreciates when, when everybody in the region is coming to the table, when it's the state partners, when it's the regional the, the local partners and certainly when the industry is willing to make the investment as well, uh, that this is you know, a public private partnership that that's really going to be what's best for the American people. And so a, a lot of it's just, uh, you know, with each stage of funding, making sure it happens. Of course, right now we're looking at election season. So uh, the, the big thing we're doing right now is doing whatever we can to make sure that we have somebody who's going to support those kind of priorities going forward uh, in, in, for the next several years. Uh, that, that's going to be extremely key and us seeing uh, the success of the port continue. But of course, that, when we're talking about the success of the port, it's not just about the port, it's about the success of uh, Texas and the region and, and of course the nation uh, and in, indeed the world. You know, I think your, your point is spot on about the need of the United States to continue to push its agenda of dominance on the world stage. And energy is front and center for that. Uh, that will certainly yeah. help our allies uh, and our trading partners around the world. But of course, in order to export that energy, we're gonna need more infrastructure, which is what the funding is, is certainly for. But that funding for your listeners, Kim, is to fund the Army Corps of Engineers, right. uh, the United States Army Corps of Engineers, which is the federal agency that has the responsibility to actually perform the work to improve the Corpus Christi ship channel as they have responsibility for all federalized channels throughout the country. But there's been some challenges with the Corps of Engineers. They've got $98 billion of congressionally authorized projects, but their budget each year is only about $5 billion. And there's a tremendous amount of bureaucracy that, uh, that, that we have to experience in dealing with such a large federal agency as the Army Corps of Engineers. So Congressman Cloud, just this past week, you introduced a bill to create a bipartisan commission, uh, something you're calling the Federal Sunset Commission, excuse me, the Texas Sunset Commission, mm -hmm. uh, and that's really its focus is to recommend uh, a review of federal agencies and identify where, places where there could Waste. be uh, improved improved processes or perhaps consolidation. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your thinking there, and would the Army Corps of Engineers be one such agency mm -hmm. that recommend for a federal sunset review. And, and Congressman Cloud, before you, uh, before we give you the floor, let me just take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get on this because it is a very interesting question that Sean's asking you because we saw this in Texas. So I'm wondering if you kind of, if that was the starting point. You're listening to in the Wolf Patch Radio Show and we'll be right back. 
Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. You're listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. My co-host today is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, and we are being joined by Congressman Cloud of the 27th District of Texas. Sean, you asked a question right before the break. Bring it back in for our listeners. Certainly, Kim. So, Congressman Cloud, you recently introduced a bill to create a bipartisan commission, uh, something you're calling a federal sunset commission to review federal agencies uh, and determine if there are opportunities for consolidation, perhaps even abolition, certainly for improvement uh, of those agencies from a functionality Mm -hmm. standpoint. It looks like it's similar to the Texas Sunset Commission, which has thus far saved the state of Texas over $1 billion Mm -hmm. by getting rid of inefficiency and bureaucracy. Tell us a little bit more about this particular piece of legislation and would the Army Corps of Engineers who, as you know, has the responsibility for uh, our waterways from an operations maintenance and an improvement standpoint, but has been extremely bureaucratic and slow to execute on these projects. Would they be a candidate for a federal sunset commission review? Sure. The, the short answer is yes. And uh, and yes, uh, the, the federal sunset commission is very much modeled after the Texas sunset commission. You know, uh, by and large, anything we can do to make a, Washington's more like Texas is, is usually a big win. Uh, and so the Federal Sunset Commission um, was, uh, was, was something that um, we took, used the Texas Sunset Commission as a model. Uh, and, and then we talked with the Texas Sunset Commission and we said, you know, what are, what are the lessons learned since you started? If you had to start over again, what would you do? And then, you know, uh, you modeled it also depending on, on the parameters that have to do with the federal branch and, and what would have to do. But basically, this is about good governance. It's not it's not a red bill. It's not a blue bill. This is about providing the opportunity for us to evaluate what we're doing, to have those honest conversations uh, and, and to bring efficiency to government. You know, a lot of times a new member will come in and they'll put together a, a great program and they'll get a bill passed, not realizing that there may be 30 other programs doing something very similar or a program will be started with the best of intentions and it'll either outlive its usefulness. Uh, and, you know, we talked Ronald Reagan said that the closest thing on earth to eternal life is a government program. Right. And so these things will just live on autopilot for uh, decades. Sometimes they start with the best of intentions. And then once you get down the road and the, the day you're looking at the data and it's just for all the good intentions, it's just not accomplishing what it was set out to do. Um, and so, you know, they, we have the Government Accountability Office, which reviews a lot of these things and come up with, with recommendations, but there's hundreds of recommendations that are just left on the table and there's no mechanism to put them in, in, into force. 
Uh, and so Congress, uh, as you can probably see with about 30 seconds of watching the, the news, gets easily distracted. Uh, and so this would force the mechanism to where uh, every 12 years, every agency in the federal government would come up for review, including the Army, Army Corps, uh, and we'd be able to look at it. How can we do things more efficiently? Uh, is there other programs that we can consolidate to, to, to serve this need better? And, and indeed, there's going to be some chances where there's either duplication or programs that aren't needed that, that are, are right for uh, for being eliminated uh, and can save the taxpayer money, and then we can you know put that into pay, paying down the debt or uh, or, or finding a better uh, use for it uh, that serves the taxpayer better. So, you know, I, I think this is extremely important. Like I said, this isn't a red or blue issue. This is a good governance issue, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get a lot of support for it. It's always good when you see Congress acting more like running a business as opposed to just running a bureaucracy. We're starting to come out of COVID-19. We have a big election around the corner. What are some of the biggest issues that your district is dealing with? I know Port of Corpus Christi is, is a large part of that, but so are there any other issues that you're facing and, and, and really challenged to try to see it through in the next election cycle after you're reelected? Sure. Uh, you know, the election's definitely on everybody's mind right now and, and all the issues related to that and, and wanting to know what a recovery would look like. You know, the fundamentals of our economy are still sound. Uh, this was an artificial sh- shutdown. This wasn't because there was something wrong with the economy. And so a lot of times when people ask, well, what's the way forward? You know, they, we already have the answer. It's not like it was broken before and needed fixing. I mean, we're always going to be working to make things better, uh, you know, but but by and large, the economy sound. It was thriving. It was thriving across all demographics, uh, across multiple industries. It was just a strong, healthy, robust uh, economy. Uh, and, and so we know how to do it. Uh, we just need to remove the barriers that keep that from happening again. Um, and so I think that's extremely important to where people are at. And that, that crosses whatever your industry is, uh, whatever field that you work in. Uh, it matters for your families and the healthcare they get, the, the schools doing well. You know, all this, all these things that seem to be broken at the moment are tied to the fact that, that we're just uh, kind of artificially shut down still here. Uh, and so we have the capability to deal with it now. And so for us to uh, have the kind of leadership in our nation that that understood what it took to get here and built a strong economy uh, and can continue to move forward is extremely, extremely essential. Sean, is there anything that the Port of Corpus Christi is really keeping an eye on that you're working closely with Congressman Cloud on to make sure that everything comes into alignment when we talk about this great port that's absolutely vital to make sure that it continues to get its funding. And Kim, there's three areas that the Port of Corpus Christi continues to focus its attentions on. One is, of course, messaging. We've got to make sure that the voting constituency, whether they're Republican or Democrat, whether they're 24 or 74, understand the importance of the oil and gas industry mm-hmm. just on people's lives. We've got to continue to work that messaging as an industry. Two is we've got to continue to attract investment in the industry. The industry has been particularly hard hit from COVID-19 pandemic and the associated demand destruction. There's been no federal assistance for the oil and gas industry thus far, unlike other industries like the airline industry. Uh, There's been no assistance to the oil and gas industry. We've seen over $70 billion of write downs in 2020 alone, and we're certainly not done. So that creates some concern about future investments in the sector. And then third, which is what we're working with Congressman Cloud on, is let's make sure that we're passing good policy that's going to support oil and gas, that's going to support the associated jobs and ensure that, again, whether it's medicines, whether it's smartphones, whether it's transportation, 
There are a lot of different sectors that rely on fossil fuels. We've got to make sure that we've got policies in place. And that's why Congressman Cloud has been such a great leader for us in the short time that he's been in office and we'll continue to support him in his efforts. Well, Congressman Cloud, you're hearing it from one of your constituents, a very important one, Sean Strawbridge. You've got your marching papers, but you know what? If it's if it's a test of you know who you are, the caliber of congressman that you are, uh, you really did some great things in just the few short years that you've been in Congress, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to see great things from you in the future, too. Any closing statements you want to give before we wrap the show up? I'd just say, you know, we have a, a great story to tell. And there's an effort sometimes to to demonize uh, what gets done in the oil and gas sector. Uh, but what just Sean talked about, it, it's not it, it's not just the things that keep things moving. While that's essentially important, when I talk to to people about you know there's a growing demand for energy in the world, and that's a good thing. That's people coming out of poverty. That's people having a home, uh, he, heating in their home for the first time, or finding mobility, or those kind of things. And and the U.S. We want the U.S. to meet that demand. We're going to do it better than anybody else. We're going to do it more efficient. We're going to do it more responsibly than anybody else. And this is something we should be proud of. We shouldn't have to hide from this story. Uh, and what it means what it means to the world at large when the U.S. can come to the negotiating table, whether it be with trade or whether it be with national security issues, and we can look at even the, the peace deal that's going in the Middle East, and may not have happened if it wasn't for the strength that America was able to bring to the table uh, in those conversations because of what's happened in this industry and uh, the leadership that's present. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Tim, thank you so much. Pleasure working with you all. God bless. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.